welcome to Castle Fun, the official podcast of the Star Wars Speculation subreddit. I'm your host, Sam, and today I'm joined by three of my fellow co-hosts. Hi, I'm Todd. Hi, I'm Liz. Hi, I'm Light. To kick things off, we're going to start by talking about some of the latest news that's happened in Star Wars this week. StarWars.com announced that a new animated show, titled Star Wars Resistance, has begun production, and it's being created by Dave Filoni. Set before the events of The Force Awakens, this anime-styled adventure will follow main character Kazuda Ziono, who is a young pilot recruited by the Resistance and tasked with spying on the growing threats of the First Order. Along with introducing an entirely new cast of characters, we will also see the return of beloved Commander Poe Dameron and the villainous Captain Phasma, voiced by none other than Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie, respectively. It's due to premiere on the fall of this year on the Disney Channel. What are some of the main things you guys would like to see on this show? Uh, something I'd like to see in this show is really the period before The Force Awakens, between Re- Re- Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, because that's something that's been kind of explored in the new e- EU so far. But we still have a large gap there with the growth of the First Order and them coming out of hiding, being known to the galaxy and uh, the New Republic and their relationship, formation of the Resistance and all that. And I really hope that's something that gets delved into in this show. I think that it would be really nice to have a slower moving show, uh, especially if it's kind of it's more kind of intrigue and stealth as opposed to like all-out open warfare, which which is what Rebels tended to do. It's been described as a cold war between the New Republic, Resistance, and the First Order, and that could be... I don't think that's something Star Wars has done before, at least in the shows or movies. Yeah, that's very true, actually, yeah. And uh, they said that Gwendolyn, Crystalline, and uh, was it Oscar Isaac will return as Phasma and Poe for this. I don't know if they're going to be more like Vader was, only appearing in a couple eps, but they'll be in there. Should be interesting. It'd definitely be really cool to see some of the existing characters from, from the movies... And like you said, we don't know what, what kind of role they'll play, but I mean, it would be interesting if like Phasma was like, because the one thing that we, we didn't really get much of in the films was Phasma, and I think it would be quite nice to, if she was like the main villain of this of this new show, I think that'd be quite a, a cool way of like fleshing out her character and, and seeing what she's all about. Yeah, that'd be great. Since we are mentioning Phasma, I probably think this uh, Resistance fighter is probably going to be in her, like, like her group that she trains. Because mm-hmm. is, isn't she, like, the, the leader of all that? Like, the physical combat, I believe it was, it, it was mentioned in her book. Yeah, she trains the teenagers and their combat, all that. So I would like to see that, more of her, like, uh, in her early day or early-ish days in the yeah. Resistance. Uh, like, you know, learning how to, like, handle these uh, teenagers and all that. I'm interested to seeing if, if this new character, like, makes friends within the First Order. And if, I'm pretty sure there's going to be close calls if, if, if uh, they'll get caught or not. Um, has it been confirmed if it's a guy or a girl? I, I don't remember. I don't know, but the the very first person that gets credited to being in the in the cast is someone called Christopher Sean. So that sounds to me like a guy. Okay. Does it does it actually say that they'll be going undercover in the first order though, or are they just spying? That's... I mean, I would assume he would have to go pretty deep to spy. So like, what? Mm. I'm, hopefully, it's undercover. I'd love that, yeah, because then we kind of, we kind of get to see like the inner workings of the first order. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Oh, that didn't actually cross my mind, but that'd be that'd be fantastic if they did that. Well, if they actually, if this main character really does go undercover, it'd be so cool to, as Liz was talking about, just see the kind of relationships between the stormtroopers amongst each other, and maybe we'll get some Finn. I don't know. Yes. Um, yeah, I think. In tying to episode nine, yeah, definitely. I think while there's been a few seeds set for the stormtrooper rebellion, I think we need to kind of see that that the stormtroopers are people, you know, just like Finn, and maybe there are more out there that are that are willing to turn, but just just don't quite have the the courage to do so just yet. Um, so obviously we know it's being it's being created by Dave Filoni, and obviously he's he's well known in the Star Wars community for directing both Rebels and Clone Wars. So, do you guys think that we're going to see the characters from Rebels show up in Resistance? Possibly a Hera mention, maybe. I don't know what she would be doing that close to TFA. But surely she's alive. I, I mean, it's... it's She's going to be really old, but I mean, she's going to be alive. Yeah, although it hasn't actually been... Conf- I mean, I'm assuming it's not going to be set too much before the the force awakens but it hasn't said that you know specifically where it's going to be set although because the resistance is 
spying on the First Order, I would imagine it would take place after Bloodline, um, because I think that's when Leia only finds out about the First Order, and that's when the Resistance is only set up. So I'm going to guess it's probably going to be... It's probably going to be about... How many years was Rebels before A New Hope? I think it was about four years, wasn't it? Yeah. So maybe they'll do something... Three or four. They might do something similar, yeah. Um, If they set it like... Because don't forget, we're probably going to get like a, a good few seasons of this. So it might be a case of like each season takes place in another year. But we'll see. About Rebels characters returning, we know that Thrawn and Ezra are in the Unknown Regions, which is where the First Order is beginning to be formed. And... They could show up in Season 2 like the Clone Wars characters did. I'm not going to bet on it, but they might. Well, that'd be really interesting because they'd be, they'd be a damn sight older. Like, Ezra would be, what, like Luke's age nearly. Um, well, no, he's, well, he would be exactly Luke's age. I mean, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what the age rate is for, for Chiss, but I'm assuming that they, they, probably age, they probably age more or less the same as humans. Uh, so that'd be interesting if uh, to see, you know, a much older Ezra and Thrawn and Surely they would have been out in the unknown regions for a while, if that is the case. So how will that have changed their characters? Give him some gray hair. Like, that'd be pretty cool. Thrawn with some gray hair. Ezra with, like, a, a scraggly beard. and <laughs> DJ. Yeah, no. No, no please DJ's no. origin story. <laughs> please, no. <laughs> I think uh, DJ's looking good for being the same age as Luke in <laughs> The Last Jedi and having spent most of his life in the unknown regions he's although he's not really looking the best in that film he's he's looking better than i would have thought he would if he was ezra um but uh no um certainly i think that you know we know with rebels uh clone wars characters were featured quite prominently in that so it really wouldn't surprise me i mean i think it's pretty much a given that we're gonna we're gonna see some loose ends from rebels tied up uh in the resistance because one thing that that Dave Filoni did actually get a chance to do was go out on his own terms this time. So unlike unlike Clone Wars, which was which was cancelled like prematurely, mm-hmm. so they kind of they kind of had to tie up these loose ends that weren't meant to be tied up in the way they wanted to. With Rebels, they can definitely. I think I think he's he's left things open for a reason, and I'm sure he would personally like to tie them up himself. So I think we're definitely going to see that in in Resistance. If they're not a force sensitive person, this is the first time like the main character is not a force sensitive person. Is that correct? Right? Because Ezra and we had like Rogue One, but I think besides that, yeah, with Rebels, Clone Wars, the movies, it's mostly been force sensitive. So would be interesting to see. I mean, if he's if he's a pilot, I'm gonna assume he's a, a guy. Maybe wrongly here. Um, but if if he or she is a pilot, I guess they could use the force. Um, I, maybe it wouldn't be so much explicitly as Ezra and Ahsoka have, but maybe it'd be kind of more of like an innate, kind of like how Ezra was at the very start of Rebels, where he was kind of like unaware of this power he had, yeah. but still used it to like, but then again, maybe they won't be force sensitive at all. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly very open to that because uh, although I love the the force episodes in Rebels and Clone Wars, it, it's kind of sometimes... It obviously allows them to get out of situations they wouldn't normally be able to get themselves out of, and it'll be kind of interesting to see a character without that that crutch of the Force and see how that actually how that actually works. At first, I would think I was kind of upset that we probably wouldn't be getting Force users in this, and then after a while, I thought like, I mean, we could use a break from all the Force stuff. And like you said, them being able to get out of situations pretty easily. Uh, we can see them kind of be more clever and less, you know, relying on the force powers. Right, definitely, yeah. And if it's like, if it's kind of like centered on like spying in the First Order and also like these, like, there seems to be quite a heavy influence on starfighters. Um, so I don't know if the force would really need to come into the equation, unlike how it does with, with Kanan and Ezra being like Jedi and stuff and like learning about the force. Uh, but I'd certainly be I'd certainly be very open to one of the characters being force sensitive. Um, but maybe if they are shown to use that in a way that's not quite traditional to what we're normally used to seeing, I think that'd be that'd be nice. Uh, another thing to note is it's it's using a two D animation style, which is pretty interesting. I mean that's that's something that Star Wars has never done, you know, up until Foster's Destiny or original Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah, original Clone Wars. <laughs> You casual. <laughs> yeah. 
Does it say in the article that they're using 2D? I know they mentioned anime inspired, but to me it looks like from the BB-8 and ship it could be 3D animation that's like cell shaded to oh, resemble true, traditional animation. Oh, you're right. It, it, that's what I'm seeing from uh, the little one image that we have. Yeah, actually, no, it doesn't say 2D. I don't think. Interesting. Huh? I just assumed it would. Interesting. So yeah, maybe it won't be. Won't actually be. Yeah, it might not actually be 2D. Like that really weird Miles Morales Spider-Man thing that's going to come out soon, like that. Like, possibly it could be like that, but I don't know how that would work in Star Wars. That might be a little too weird. But that's the vibe I I got off of it, looking at the the promo picture. Well, I'm, I'm, this is, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it might be cheaper for them to actually do it this way, because I think, I mean, it definitely got better throughout its run, but there was a considerable drop in quality from uh, from Clone Wars to Rebels, because obviously they just didn't have the funding that, that George Lucas was able to provide in, in Clone Wars. So I think if it's cheap for them to do, they can kind of, they can do more for less, if that makes sense. I don't know, just just have more to play around with, I'd imagine, if it was, it might not, it might not be, I know, I know nothing about animation, so it, it could, it could be just as expensive, but I, I don't know. If it is 2D, it might be easier to do the flying sequences, I would imagine. Because it's not as, you know, I feel like you you have to spend hours on, like, one flight sequence, and it's like, for 2D, it's just drawing. Or I don't know how to even do that now. <laughs> like, I'm still thinking about, like, you know, on paper, like, like Disney drawing, you know? <laughs> like, tracing it over and over again. I think that's what they do with on tablets or computers. Oh, that one makes sense. Oh, I'm interested um, interested to see if like Hux is gonna show up too. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I think that'll be a really yeah that'll be a really good uh, a really good way to show Hux rising up in the ranks and just to see how uh, I guess we we don't know how you know how much background we're gonna get for like you know the first order officers and stuff but yeah I'm interested in seeing how he handles it if it's gonna. I mean, if Poe's going to be there and Hux is around the same age, right? Or just a little bit younger. Ooh, what if we see, you know, the officer that Kylo chokes when he's telling Kylo about, like, the whole, like, Ray thing mm. and getting... Mitaka? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, like, oh, and also, like, Captain uh, Captain Kennedy, I think it was, at the very start of The Last Jedi. <laughs> Captain K. Fire the base! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy. That goes. It'd be kind of cool to see some 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 first order officers and stuff like that. that but guy. I mean, MVP right there. I don't know if I want it to be like, oh hey, here's this character, but then you know that's <laughs> kind of what Star Wars is. Star Wars is kind of about that, you know. A lot. All, it's all about cameo appearances. Rebels. From time to time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. R two D two. Hondo. Hondo. Uh, Maul. Maul will be back for like the third time. <laughs> oh God, please no. <laughs> He'll have survived again. Yes. <laughs> Lando. Oh yeah, no, actually, that's a good point though. Lando, like, Lando could very well be in. I don't know. It, we don't know what he's up to really. But yeah, I mean, he appeared in Last Shot. I think that's mm-hmm. the furthest we've seen him go. Yeah, with his his baby girl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. You know what is interesting about them including Poe and Phasma in this show is that I don't know if it's Disney's aim to sort of lace up all of the other media with the main films because you know it's i mean it's been kind of separate for a while right but then i i think uh things are getting a lot and a lot closer together as far as like time and space yeah seeing like book characters show up like uh race alone or cardinal in this series would be good because we know they're both in the first order around this time yeah that'd be really nice to see uh, so I think that that wraps it up for Resistance Talk. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of news that will come out over the following months for that, so stay tuned. The next bit of news is Alden Ehrenreich. He let slip in uh, an interview with Esquire. He's actually signed up for a total of three movies. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean much, um, because apparently Felicity Jones was also signed up for multiple movies, and, you know... It's unlikely we're going to see, unless it's uh, like a prequel to Rogue One. Spoilers, she probably won't be showing up anytime soon. So I think that um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean much. But I think I have heard there are going to be, the, the other actors have also signed up for, for multiple movies from Solo as well. So whether or not they are planning a trilogy or if it's just like a, 
like a, a just in case kind of thing like just in case they decide to make more movies because there is a big time skip between solo and a new hope they're very lightly to do movies in between that time period and if they choose to have han as a even even just a cameo that would make a lot of sense for them to do that firstly i think that uh because he signed on for three movies i think that was just like a caution thing you know if they if they did want to make more movies but then also felicity jones has been in forces of destiny yeah that's true actually so i'm thinking that han could probably do that as well since he was like no during the battle of endor he was in there and i think there was like one other episode if i'm not mistaken that he was in too so they could just get like young han solo and do like adventures from you know back then too and then like they could also add Maz because she's in Forces of Destiny as well, so it kind of fits perfectly. I guess they just needed like the rights to his voice, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. That like might just be like the default contract is like three movies or something like that, or like maybe like three years worth of you know content yeah, yeah. from him. So StarWars.com did an interview with Kieran Gillen, who is the writer of the Afro comic series, along with Cy Spurrier, who is the co-writer. Todd, do you want to take that one away? Uh, yes. This interview is uh, pretty interesting, going through uh, his creator. He created Afra for the Darth Vader comic series in 2015, and didn't really expect her to be as popular as she was, which led to her getting her own series once that comic ended. Uh, there's some interesting tidbits in here, because comparing to her creation, saying he wanted to create an archetype that wasn't seen in Star Wars, which is a uh, like an Indiana Jones but with a dark twist in it, with her morality and all that, or lack of. Interesting thing I noticed in here was that they talk about, when they come up with ideas for what to do for stories, uh, comics or books or whatever it is, they take them to the story group, and both sometimes they say yes, sometimes they get no's. And he says one thing when he asked if he could have someone dress up as the Death Star Gunner for a comic that they got a no, and he saw that when that happened in Rogue One with Jin, and he basically says that they can figure out points from coming up movies from what they're told not to do. It was very interesting from the creators of all the other stories, points of view and how the that process goes. Another interesting thing from the end is uh, just a preview of what's coming next for the series. Can we set an Imperial prison? That should be interesting. Any thoughts on this? As you know, I freaking love this comic. Um, so, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Favorite ongoing. Um, I, you know, I loved how they commented on how a character like Afra allows them to tell different and unique stories that they couldn't get away with, like the mainstream characters and groups. And that's how I totally feel about the comics. It just, it allows them to t- tell stories in ways that are nuanced and are complicated and messy. And I love seeing that in Star Wars yeah. because the galaxy is so huge, you know. There was a point in here where you compared, compared her to Han Solo but she doesn't really have the good in him that he does, or at least she doesn't act on it. It's like a twist of what he would have been if he didn't have that heart in him. Definitely interesting stories. They mentioned that she was quite unpredictable and that they can have fun with her character because she doesn't necessarily always do what the audience or readers would expect her to do. So that was that was quite interesting to read. Uh, I've yet to actually start the Afro comic series, so although I have read the original Vader comics, so I do know a bit about her character, but um, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. The only thing I've read from her was from a certain point of view book, uh, her chapter. And she was pretty, like, her morals are like, you don't know what she's going <laughs> to do, yes. this girl. She's she's crazy. <laughs> I like her, though. I'm definitely going to pick up these comics and, and read them in the near future. The, the article did actually say something about her, the fact that she's a unique comic character, apparently the... The comic sold like massively well for like a new character, which apparently is is quite unheard of. So that's it's quite cool to see like new characters being welcomed with such open arms by the the community and stuff. So that's always nice to see. They mentioned that they are aware of the cosplayers, the ever lo- ever growing legion of them, as they call them, <laughs> and <laughs> saying that they design costumes with that in mind sometimes, or the artist does. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, interesting community and fans having a little bit of an impact there. Nice to see. So I think that wraps up all the news for this week. We're going to start the speculation segment by going into the Finding Camino topic of this week, which is what is in the Unknown Regions and why is it so hard to navigate? So the Unknown Regions is something 
that has been featured quite prominently in various expanded media, specifically the novels. It's been hinted at quite a lot, sometimes subtly, sometimes not so subtly, in the case of Thrawn. So, what what do you guys think is hiding out in the Unknown Regions? What do you think this, this threat is that, that Thrawn has warned the Emperor about? I honestly don't know. At first, I think the popular theory was that it was Snoke, but that kind of died with him. <laughs> so... I'm not sure. I'm hoping it's like some really cool like Sith Temple or something or, you know, something super, super dark that we have no idea what it is. But to be honest, I think the Unknown Regions is so hard to navigate because no one's gone. Like, you know, like it it hasn't been explored and that's why it's Unknown Regions. I'm not too familiar with the the so-called science behind hyperspace, but don't lanes have to be like created or like mapped out or something. So that would make a lot of sense just... I guess it's kind of like, you know, if you if you imagine it like a city, which would be like the the core, right? That's going to have lots of roads. And then when you go out into the, the country, which is like getting into the unknown regions, that's you, there's not as many roads there. And, and that's why it, it gets harder to navigate. But I still think, I mean, th- there is the, the possibility it could still be Snoke. But I think that it would kind of be a waste because they're setting up the unknown regions, they're setting up this threat. And then for him to just die in The Last Jedi, it wouldn't make that much sense. It feels like they're, they're building to something more. And it probably, it, it could very well not be something we see in the films, but more so like an, a, a subplot for the for the novels themselves, because, you know, something that we're, we're only going to see in, in the books, because that's definitely where it seems to be the most featured. I know there was, Aftermath had a lot about the Unknown Regions and Palpatine's observatories on them, right? Right. I haven't finished the series, but I've read it's something like a source of the dark side or like a very strong presence that's influencing and Palpatine himself could feel it. Mm-hmm. And I think in the Last Jedi novel, Snoke says he could too, or that he knows that there's something in the unknown regions. I don't think it implies that he was that, but that he was aware of it and maybe went out there looking for it like Palpatine did. That's really interesting, actually, because it's the fact that it mentions its its dark side specifically, like it's not just... It's not just a threat, like, because I know some people have, like, theorized that it might be, like, the Yuuzhan Vong from Legends, who were kind of, like, these these creatures that... I mean, I never actually read the the material with them, but from what I understand, they were, like, these these creatures that were somewhat immune to the Force, but if they're immune to the Force, then it wouldn't really be... It wouldn't really have anything to do with the dark side, specifically. So, I don't know, like, is it this creature? I mean, because I know I, I, another common theory is that it's Abeloth, now, I don't know much about Abeloth, but does anyone... I, I don't know much about her besides what I've read on Wikipedia. The She's like some sort of Lovecraftian monster inspired by that, I think. Like the mother from Mortis, or she was trapped away. Luke kept her off, but they couldn't really finish her story before Legends was ended. Right, okay. I know she was like this like really, really big deal, like this huge thing. You know, Legends always upping the ante. So she was, in Legends, she was the mother of Mortis? Yes, I think so. That oh, was in a novel. That's, that's quite interesting. I suppose they could do something like that. I mean, I don't know. Because the, the the mother is... Well, we don't even know if there is a mother in the Mortis family, but you would just, like most families do have do have a mother. You know, that's like the, the archetypal thing. So the fact that the mother is missing from that, that there could be something to that. And uh, Rebels has shown us that Filoni hasn't... Or at least Filoni, at least, hasn't forgotten about Mortis with uh, World Between Worlds. So if they do go that route and they do keep her origin from Legends, I'm sure they can fit that in there with the sh- with the shows leading into the books or movie or however they decide to go. Right, because if you think about it, with, with Mortis you've got the son who's the dark side, the daughter who's the light side, and the father who's the balance. So maybe if there is a mother, it would lead us to believe that the mother would be the imbalance of the force i guess if there is such a thing that can take a form oh yeah that's because we know that the whole imbalance being more of as a i think the imbalance is more of a bad thing than the dark side itself or at yeah. least that's what's been built up as because that's anakin brought balance to the force not really just getting rid of the dark side entirely there's definitely more of a theme on balance than just light being good and dark being evil in new canon i feel yeah, I mean, definitely, like, we saw we saw Rey and Kylo, like, actually work together in The Last Jedi, and that was something that we've never actually seen 
we we've never seen light and dark working together in the films before so that was that uh, to me that that symbolizes something quite important and also an, another scene from the last jedi which might support it is when ray is meditating on that rock and she's kind of like seeing the balance of like life death decay creation which to me it it, it, it seemed like the the relationship that the light and dark have between one another and that was kind of the balance um i remember a theory on the subreddit like this was a this was a long time ago but i remember really liking it this was before last jedi came out but snoke represented the the imbalance of the force because when you look at him he's like crippled half his face is kind of sliding to one side he's got like gashes all over him like he he would represent like the imbalance and seeing as he died in the last jedi that kind of kind of takes away that but if ray and ben are going to team up i know it kind of seems like deus ex machina kind of thing if if they do like have oh there's this bigger enemy and now the light and the dark have got to team up it would seem a little bit strange to me if they did that for episode nine but it could make sense if done right you know you've got the the balance versus the imbalance yeah uh, something i just remembered from the poe dameron comics when lor santeca shows up in the legend found arc he yeah. breaks into like the Nemoidian like vaults and finds this ancient artifact from like uh, before the Jedi and the Sith, where it's he says that it was forged using both the light and the dark together, and he said that this may show that there was a time when both the light and dark would work were working together and balanced, and that was something that was lost could have been caused them to fight each other to imbalance and all that. Right, and I think it was it seems to be pretty heavy handed on the. I think he. It said something like, you know, maybe one day they'll <laughs> they'll learn this again or something like. It's like, yeah, come yeah. <laughs> come off it. I mean, the, the Poe Dameron comics have been really heavy-handed in in many yeah, ways, yeah. in a good way. You know, it's good for us speculators. Yeah, and I could definitely see that because, and it also, if you look at the the Prime Jedi mural in um in the Last Jedi as well, uh, I've kind of become obsessed with this thing. That is represents like yin and yang, like light and dark, as if like the very early concept of the jedi was to do with like balance between both sides of the force and then something happened to shift that and created the the jedi and the sith as we know them today i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of story there that hasn't been told yet that will be soon and i feel like it's all connected you know the past and the future is all connected in in star wars i guess but yeah that'd be really interesting to to actually see if i remember ellie vonto like he lived in a place called wild space or in an area Mm. called wild space which was right next to unknown regions and um i don't know you know i i know that there's it's kind of like in real life there's more than just war and people against each other there's mother nature there's animals there's you know what i mean there there's a lot much i feel like there's so much more than just people fighting with one another i guess maybe that's where like the dark force is honed i don't know i'm just interested to see if if there's more creatures and because when i was reading through thrawn to get some excerpts for this he said he's familiar with many of the threats, but he never specifies what it is. And as a military leader on his planet before, I I, I would assume they're tangible since he's familiar with them. And uh, I don't know if they're people, I don't know if they're creatures, but I think that's interesting. Yeah, like some like super ancient being. I mean, we saw the Bendu in Rebels who seem to have been around for for many, many years, probably many, many millennia. So if there could be something something like the bendu who's got this intelligence to him but is not actually a like a an actual being but more of a like a spiritual because because we saw that you know we saw what the bendu could do in in at the end of season three when he kind of he turned into like was it like lightning or like clouds or something like a thunderstorm yeah which kind of shows that he's not you know he's not a physical being he's he's something else and that could be what might be in the unknown regions somewhere um but either way i definitely think that it's going to be explored so i don't know i don't know when it's going to be but i think it's all paying off to something whether that's going to be a trilogy after episode nine whether it's going to be episode nine himself whether it's going to be a complete new series of books or if the resistance tv show is going to play into it because the first order is in the unknown regions and there could be some hints there as to what this threat could be um especially if we see snoke i i'm not i'm not saying it's a given but if we see snoke in the resistance show and and he's aware of this threat then 
that could be a possible tie-in. So I guess I guess we'll see on that one. So the next speculation topic we have for this week is a topic that was posted onto the sub by Reformed Shitposter, which is a lovely name. They said something that they wanted to see in episode 9 was a council of force ghosts. So Liz, do you want to talk about that a bit? Yeah. So this person, they had like a little speculation or like something they wanted to see. They wanted to see like Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Yoda, Anakin, maybe Ahsoka uh, kind of give counsel to Rey, you know, struggling to deal with all the things that, that have been happening and like, you know, learning from the mistakes of past Jedi trying to fix her own mistakes. Uh, so I thought this was a really, really interesting uh, idea uh since we did see yoda in the last jedi this is definitely a possibility that we can see more um i totally be down to see uh, all the force ghost people you know just show up and be like hey it's gonna be okay just you know you kind of give her like another lesson like kind of how luke needs still needs to give her the last lesson but maybe it could be with you know all these all these other uh people that came before and maybe you you never know luke might learn something too from them talking to them like actually being there being one with the forest so yeah what do you guys think uh, well we did we did actually talk about yoda uh, there was a rumor that yoda was returning in episode nine so if, if that's if that's happening then it wouldn't be too far to assume i, I think we, we do need to see the force ghosts at some point uh, whether they speak to ray or ben or whoever we need to see, or even if they're just having a conversation among among each other, uh, I don't know what that yes. would accomplish, but it we we, we need <laughs> to see it because where have they been? Like I remember reading the Thrawn trilogy, and I, it it said that Luke hadn't spoken to Ben in like years, and he kind of thought maybe he just like moved on. Um, and I suppose that uh, that could potentially be a plot point, but I, I don't really get that impression from the new canon. I, I don't get the impression that. It seems like the Force Ghosts, they they exist outside time as as we know it, so they can kind of interfere with that as as they want. So I don't really get the impression that it's like you know once once they've once like a certain amount of time has passed and they just kind of fade away. I think that out of everyone, I think Anakin is the most important uh, that we need yeah. to see because I feel like you know it is it is his story at the end of the day, you know. One to six is his story, and episodes seven to nine are, are still kind of his story in a way. If you if you count his legacy, so yeah, I think that he needs to kind of he needs to maybe even uh like I, I don't know, but but just he needs to he needs to be in the story basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to see him talking to Ben a little bit, maybe. Like, he'll have the ability to talk to him after he turns back to the light. Right. Maybe. Because I think if he came to him now as as broken as he is, it might just push him further into, like, you know, self-loathing and all that. And we saw what that did to Anakin. Mm. So. Well, there has been that. There is, it's been a highly talked about question as to why Anakin hasn't, hasn't like spoken to Ben and and maybe it's it's more to maybe like the the person that they because we know we know Luke cut himself off from the force right and we know that that stopped the, the other force ghosts like Yoda from from speaking to him um and like while while Ben hasn't cut himself off from the force he may very well be doing something similar where he's cutting himself off from the cosmic force or something or like the light side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah if, like the light side. Like he would that wouldn't be a thing that he would be able to do if he's trying to cut himself off. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. It's just like it's like uh he just doesn't want to it's like comp- it's like repeatedly hanging up a call. Or maybe they maybe he just literally is unable to do it because he's trying to go full dark side. I think Snoke could have been stopping Anakin from speaking to Ben and like changing his mind. That could be a possible explanation at least. Yeah, and that would be a really good way to actually introduce Anakin into Episode Nine because it's like, oh, Snoke's gone, so now Anakin can actually <gasps> oh come gosh. in and, and, and talk to him. Yes. yes, which is another, which is potentially another good reason as to why they killed off Snoke. Mm-hmm. Of course, the fans want to know and have all these, you know, sort of boundaries around what people can and can't do with the Force and all that. 
But I mean, I'm excited about episode nine because they haven't really mm. set up any rules about force ghosts, you know? And so, um, God, if Anakin shows up in the, in episode nine, man. Having Hayden and Ewan reunited on the big screen, it'd be pretty nice to see as well. If, if that could happen. I mean, God, <laughs> I mean, Hayden's still doing pretty oh good. Like, did you see him in the celebration, like story celebration? Like what? Yeah, he doesn't look like he's aged he day. Was, he still looks the yeah. same. Yeah. He still looks yeah. exactly the same. And Ian too, he's, like he, he looks so young like, still. He looks mm-hmm. the same. It's possible. Yeah, definitely. Incredibly possible. I mean, because, and as well, um, you know, JJ's repeatedly mentioned about tying the entire saga together and having the prequel characters come in as well. That would be, that would, that would certainly be a way of doing that. Okay, and the next speculation topic we have is, will Ray turn to the dark side in episode nine? Todd, do you want to take this one away? I don't think there's room for Ray going full dark side and then uh, coming back in nine with wrapping everything up. I do think she's going to be like Luke was in Return of the Jedi, where it's like ambiguous if she like is dark or going down a darker path, especially since um, everything with Ben's just happened. I've always thought because I remember when when the Last Jedi was was uh, had had yet to be released. I remember like quite a popular fan theory at the time was that like Ray and Ben switch sides like so Ben would go to the light side Ray would go to the dark side and they'd, they'd spend a, a certain amount of time on, on either, either either team but I think that because it's a trilogy and because there's just not that much time to like really play around with things like this that wouldn't that ultimately wouldn't affect the plot because Ray isn't gonna turn to the dark side and stay there like she's always we know she's gonna come back to the light if she does we don't have that much time left in the trilogies it is so Again, I, I agree with you, Todd, that there just isn't really time to to do that. However, what I will say is that I think she's she's probably facing one of the biggest challenges she's ever had because she's finally confronting the fact that her parents aren't, you know, they that inf- well, we're led to believe that her parents are like nobody and they left her for they they, they sold her for drinking money, um, which is obviously like you know, I'd imagine that would like uh, really hurt Ray. And I think that a big test of her character in episode 9 will be how she deals with that. And we did talk last week about the possibility of Rey actually being reunited with either one or both of her parents. And how she's actually going to react to that. Like, will there be forgiveness? Will there be anger? Will there be a mix of of things? Um, But either way, I think that uh, it might be something... I think if anything's going to turn... Or anything's going to tempt Ray to the dark side, it will be something to do with her parents. But I don't know if the Last Jedi really. I, I feel like last the Last Jedi might have stressed that it she's kind of moved past it. She's 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 letting the past, well maybe not letting the past die, but she's moving on from the past and she's not letting it affect her life anymore. So I want her to have a dark side moment so that you like maybe for Kylo it can be like. A mirroring of like all of his dark-sided tendencies and maybe even him helping her like pull her out of the dark side a little bit to uh, I don't know you know because sometimes when we make mistakes and sometimes when we make poor choices like uh, sometimes we had to see someone else doing it to kind of realize like oh that's what I was doing. That's what I looked like, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that may be way too reality-based, no, but I think, I th- if there's anyone that knows how to sort of navigate the dark side, I think Kylo would be the one to, you know, help her get out of it. There was a lot of a lot of debate as to what Kylo was feeling at the end of The Last Jedi, but, you know, I definitely saw some regret in his eyes and face when when she shuts the door on him and maybe he's kind of like starting to see the error in his ways. And he maybe he knows the dangers of like giving yourself over to the dark side completely and like you know because he because you know he says it in in the last Jedi he's given everything to the dark side like and what is it what has it bought him he's no he's in no way happier than he was at the start of the force the force awakens so see if he sees Ray going down a similar path to to him that that could be a catalyst for for his redemption and he and he could you know try and help. Him. Yes, I do think uh, Ray having going down the dark side, or at least having uh, moments like that, could really help. Well, first Kylo will know what she's going through, but also Ray will be able to know what Kylo went through, 
and I really think that can help them understand each other better, really help with their uh, relationship. Be really interesting to see. They'll be able to empathize with each other on a completely different level. Um, yes. You know, in I think it, it does actually state in the novel, in the Last Jedi novel, that Rey, she had that moment where she was like, when Ben refused to, to like return back to her with the Resistance, she was like, this corruption with the dark side and Snoke goes like way further than I anticipated. And if she actually gets a understanding of that herself, that might actually allow her to, to see things from his perspective. But the one thing I think that, that's very important to like acknowledge is I think Rey does have dark side tendencies. For sure. Um, if you look at her in that, in that fight with the Praetorian Guards, Ben's all quite composed really. Like he's not He's not um, acting on anger, really. He's he's like determined and focused, but he's not really aggressive. Whereas Ray is like screaming. She's like battle crying at these at these Praetorian guards. Yeah, Ray definitely uses her anger a lot in that scene. And yeah. I think when Snoke was toying with her, uh, I just read that passage in the book. She does get very angry seeing the Resistance being destroyed, and that could be the start of her going down the dark side, or at least the whole anger hatred fear aspects yeah and also there was um she got drawn straight to the dark side cave and and luke even comments on it like you didn't even try to stop, stop it yourself. yeah it was like yeah. she's like yeah this is this looks good <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't fear the dark side like that that seems to be a big part of her character that is she doesn't fear yeah that's actually kind of scary like she's not even afraid of it she just like drawn to it she yeah, it's so weird. And I, I think that's probably another reason why she's so drawn to Ben, too, is, like, she wants to save him, but she knows she can't right now. Right. And it's like, oh my gosh. It's such a complex relationship. Yes. It's ridiculous. Oh, definitely. Uh, but maybe that, that lack of fear is actually something that, that might actually be a good thing rather than a bad thing, because in the prequel trilogy, it was like, and, and the original trilogy to some degree, there was this kind of like fear of the dark side and like, you know, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, blah, blah, blah. And the fact that Rey isn't scared of it, she can just look at it objectively for what it is. To me, that's that's quite a a big deal. She's not she's not afraid of this dark side. She's it's just it's just another part of the force. It's just this other half of the force and it's not it's not taboo, it's just and that could be a big tie in with balance. <laughs> A point that I, I, another point I'm trying to make is that uh, Ray not fearing Kylo is what's gonna save him because he like Kylo's been feared by everyone, even his own parents, and not by her. So I think he's gonna think of that as like literally his light, like his saving grace. Yeah, that's and it, yes, that's a great point. Yeah, it's, it's so mind blowing if you really think about it. Like even it, reading all these like novels, like Last Shot, those last passages in uh, the Last Jedi novel, like he he was a crier <laughs> and he was scared a lot, and he's he's just such a sad boy. <laughs> well, yeah, and this is this is a really good point because the the roots of of Ben feeling betrayal by everyone that he loved and cared about it, is, it does come down to people fearing him because. I think, you know, in Ben's head, he's just a misunderstood guy. He's not this this monster that... And, you know, he, well, he does start to see himself as a monster, you know, when he admits to Ray, you know, yes, I am. But I think that he he doesn't want to be. But because people... Or he feels that people see him like that, you know, his, his mother and father sent him away to Luke, and then Luke tried to, like, murder him in his sleep because... Uh, in his head, he was scared by his power. So Ray not being Ray being the one that isn't actually afraid of him, I think, is a massive thing for him. Yeah. Yes, like uh, his parents talking uh, about him, thinking they couldn't hear him, as if he was like a monster. I think that's how the book said it. Yeah. And then Luke fearing him, and I assume that the other students at the temple were also afraid of him. He could have been outcasted. That could be something that we could see. And of course, everyone in the first order is afraid of him. So when he finally reaches Ray. And she's the only one who isn't afraid of him and actually gets closer to him. That's definitely going to be something that helps him get redeemed. I think so. And also to add on to that, it's like, not only was she not afraid of him, she was willing to fight back. <laughs> yeah. Like, in TFA, like, in the interrogation chamber and also, like, in the, the, the snow fight. It's, like, so, wow. 
Like, and, and, like, his face when she gets the lightsaber, oh my gosh, like, so much emotion. Like, he's just, like, in such awe of her. That was such a brilliant scene. Yeah, that was amazing. So, I guess, to, to, to wrap that up, we're in all somewhat agreement that while Rey probably won't turn to the dark side completely, she might have... I don't think a struggle with it's over. Um... And she's gonna have to deal with that in episode nine. I think she's gonna. She knows how to control it. She just when she's fighting, I think she just kind of lets it do its thing, and that makes her stronger. Um, but she, it, it does seem like she's able to turn it off afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So it really, it's never really seemed to affect affected like her actions. Yeah, yeah. Just using uh, her emotions, not without the fear aspect. Right, and this is what we talked about last week as well, about balance, where it's all to do with accepting you have emotions, but not denying them either. Yes. And I feel like that's what Rey is actually doing with the dark side. She's accepting that she's feeling anger in this moment, but then once that moment's done, it's like, okay, like, it's done. Like, there's no point in, in letting that fester, mm-hmm. like, which is what Ben does. Ben is super bitter, like, he's yeah. he's let all this resentment towards him and, and fear towards him. He's let that fester inside himself. And he's just, he's just completely, I mean, he, he was obsessed with killing Luke in The Last Jedi. Like, he was completely, it was like, he was like having like a, a PTSD moment in, I mean, to be fair, he probably was, you know, I think if, if my uncle tried to murder me in my sleep, I might, <laughs> there might be some underlying psychological issues there. But Damn. I think that he, he really, for a guy that likes to talk about killing the past, he's certainly holding onto it an awful lot. And I think there's a, there's definitely an irony in that, I think. Yes. Uh, as opposed to Ray. When he says, you're still holding on, let go, it's him that really is doing that. Exactly. You know, we, we see Ray Yell at yourself. Ben. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He needs to look in a mirror and tell himself that because um, we see Ray in the Poe Dameron comic, in the scene after The Last Jedi, and she's actually taken on board what Ben actually said to her. She's She's not focusing on the past. And then you've got Ben, who's you know, on his on his knees and crying. <laughs> and yeah, so it's it's an interesting parallel with them two characters actually. So the last segment of the podcast is the community segment. And this is where we spotlight certain parts of the community and also give you a chance to get in touch with us. So we're gonna start with some rapid fire community questions posted on our subreddit. If you wanna ask us a question, head on over to our Castle Fun and go in the relevant thread, and you can post us a question that we'll answer on the next podcast. So, the first question is asked by Charged Ions, and it's sequel memes or prequel memes? Prequel memes. Yeah, I mean... Prequel. Is it a prequel. contest, really? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody here. I mean, I'm not saying there's there's no sequel memes that... I feel like when a sequel meme is good, it's, it is good, but... You're not getting the same consistent quality you'd get out of prequel memes. That's that's the way I see it. I mean, sequel <laughs> memes was ninety percent red arm memes before the last Jedi came out, yes. wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I mean, we got the sacred Jedi text now, and uh, Ben Solo. Yeah, that's about yeah it. that one's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good format. Duh. Ryan Johnson was sequel memes saving grace. I think. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're all in agreement of prequel memes. Maybe maybe in. Maybe in five years' time, when episode nine's out, then we can we can have this dis- discussion again. But I now. don't know, man. Although <laughs> Revenge of the Sith is like it's like every line. It's a whole movie of memes. Is, yeah, I feel like I feel like new memes are, are being found like every day. It's like Revenge of the Sith is like this. It's like a it's a gold mine. <laughs> It's an ex- yeah, it's like an excavation oh, site. It's like they're finding, really like, new, the new, they're finding new memes every day. In life. It's a library <laughs> of memes, okay? The cast of new. The archives okay. are complete. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next question, posted by Charge Irons again, is can Darth Vader survive with his suits under? I know this was in the Vader comic. It was partially turned off. And he used the force to move the suit and, like, move himself. I don't think he can survive for long without the life-supporting aspects of it, though. Yeah. Right, and wasn't there something in the um, the 2017 Vader comics where Palpatine basically says, um, "Your suit is like, although it is like running off like machinery and stuff, it's like your it's your hate and anger that powers that." Yeah, so I think. It, yeah, yeah. If if you stop, if you basically, it's he's, he's kind of being 
held to the dark side with a, with a metaphorical gun to his head because if he stops being on the dark side, he'll just die, which is maybe partly what happened in Return of the Jedi anyway. Yes, with his, Very his anger and hatred just fueling him to survive. Right, and I, I like that explanation for Return of the Jedi better, actually, because cause we've seen... Pe- I know, okay, maybe the lightning's short-circuited his suit, but that would be a pretty big design flaw. I mean, maybe it was intentional by the Emperor, but... Failsafe. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, but, like, it's pretty... If if Vader came up against any other opponent that could use Force Lightning as well, it wouldn't be great. They could just zap him and he'd be dead. Or, But it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be Force Lightning. It could just be... It's a be, lightning storm. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you know, Vader probably wants to stay out of, of Dark Clouds. <laughs> I don't know, because it seems like something that would be... It wouldn't be great. It, it means more to me that Vader actually, like, letting go of his hate and anger uh, actually was the reason why he, he died, because the suit just couldn't run anymore. There you go. <laughs> I was going to make that same point about how Padme died from a broken heart and lack of love, and Vader died because he did love yes. Oh, wow, yeah, that's great. Very poetic. <laughs> yeah, very much. Buttery. Uh, next comment, posted by Charged Ions again, who is just our hero. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Charged Ions. <laughs> He asks, what happened to the Cantina band? I'm assuming he means after A New Hope. This, this, they probably got more this gigs is somewhere else. one of the most interesting questions, I think, in Star Wars, and I really do hope we get a movie series. A trilogy of anthology films about the Cantina band. This is what Ryan Johnson is yes. going to do. Oh my God, Based off of that, uh, we have hints of this already. In, from a certain point of view with that chapter from their biography. We do. So it could just be a yes. three-film adaptation. Oh Wait, what was this? <laughs> yes. The please. chapter with the Cantina Band biography, I believe, with a one chapter about everything. Maybe they packed up and went to Canto Bight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe. That's a possibility, too. There's a pretty cool well, band, maybe they're playing in there. Uh, yeah. Master's Castle now. Ooh, yeah. I mean, they've got they've got That'd the whole cool. galaxy, you know. They don't need to stay in one spot. See, this could yeah. be so interesting. We, we could you have know, different planets, galaxies, maybe little underworlds, crime scenes. It's just like it's like a like all the groupies. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a mockumentary oh of of this band, and they're just like going from system to system. Are they and... the Space Beatles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I need okay. this. I need this in my life. Yes. Um, so that wraps up all the rapid-fire questions. Uh, like I said before, if you want to post one, go to our Kessel Fun and post a question, and we'll be sure to answer it. Uh, be sure to check out Finding Kamina on the subreddit. That is a weekly speculation topic that is voted by the community. It's a great way of making sure there's always a, a topic that, that you want to discuss, and we will also be discussing the Finding Kamino topic weekly on the podcast, so... If you want to see us discuss something, vote for that, and we'll we'll definitely do that. I'd also like to mention that we are going to be taking a break next week, so there won't be a podcast next week, but we'll be back up the following week. We do have something planned for our week off, so there will be an upload, but we'll make it a surprise. I guess that, that just about wraps it up, so Lai, do you want to give the audience our closing coordinates? Hi, so if you'd like to find us in a galaxy far, far away, aka the internet, you can find us on subreddit at r slash Kesselfun, Twitter at Kesselfun, YouTube Kesselfun Podcast, SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Kesselfun Podcast. We're also available on Pocket Cast and iTunes. So we'll see you there and we'll see you around, kid.